listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view from Singapore, from Singapore-based author and financial commentator, Michael Switter. Good morning, Michael. Hey, good morning, Nathan. Gong hei fa choy. Gong hei fa choy. How are you doing? Great. Happy did, Lunar New Year did, to you. Did you have a good Lunar Year break? Yeah, it was really nice. Thank you. Good hot pot, which, you know, people in Singapore here love to do. And we had lohe, which is where you put all different sorts of ingredients on it. And you lift things up as a group with your chopsticks. And you do it for prosperity and good health and all the good things for the coming year. Uh, it's a great communal activity. Uh, really common here in Singapore, Malaysia. I don't remember seeing that in Hong Kong. At least it didn't used to be there. But, uh, yeah, great uh, Lunar New Year. Great. Glad you enjoyed it. Um, so talking of Lunar New Year, um, Singapore markets reopened yesterday, day ahead of us. And how are they faring so far? How did they kick off the Year of the Dragon? Yeah, you know, Hong Kong always gets one extra day of holiday than we do. I'm kind of jealous about that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the Singapore markets, they started back yesterday. And I'll tell you, it was back and forth. But the state straight funds index did finish off first trading day of the year in positive territory, but just barely. It finished up three and a half points. That's a fraction of a percent at 31.41. If we dive just a bit deeper, the constituents of the STI were evenly split between winners and losers on the first day of trade. But I'll tell you who proved to be a dragon? Singapore Airlines. It was the best performing blue chip, and, well, Singapore Airlines likes to fly, and it chalked up a 4% gain. Nice. Um, and then what about the losers? Um, Citrium, I heard, has performed quite poorly recently. Has that continued to underperform? Yeah, so let's zoom out a bit and look at the calendar year 2024. Since the beginning of the year, the straight times index is still down about 3%, even though it had a positive day yesterday. And if you look at the index's 30 constituents, only seven are in positive territory, 23 are in the red. And as you said, Citrim is by far and away the worst performer. It's lost a quarter of its value since the beginning of the year. So let me just give you a bit of background on that. Citrim used to be known as Semcorp Marine. But the shipboat builder, which also builds oil rigs and wind platforms, it was rebranded last year after it merged with Keppel O&M. And i got to say, investor sentiment towards Citrim has been embarrassed for some time, but the selling has really accelerated recently uh, since Citrim announced the profits warning at the end of January. See, I mean, the company is losing money. It lost money last year. That was less than the year before, but still in the red. We'll have a better idea of its financial health later this month when it reports earnings. But if we look at the big picture, investors have soured on its business because, after all, its parent companies, Keppel and Semcorp, they wanted out of the sector. They spun off Citrium. And by the way, their businesses are doing well now. And Keppel had $4 billion of profits last year. It's best ever. Um, let me say, though, that if we get back to Citrium, not everyone is bearish on the stock. Some research houses note that its profit margins have increased since the merger and that it has healthy cash flow. It's currently trading around $0.09 cents a share. And DBS has a buy call on the stock with a target price that is twice its current level at 18 cents. So let's see. Even though investors are really bearish on it right now, it's down a quarter of its value, lost a quarter of its value since the beginning of the year. Maybe DBS will be right and it will double in price. And then um, within the same sector, you've got other uh, constituents performing better, such as uh, Yang Zhijiang shipbuilding. So why is that doing so much better? Yeah, you're yeah, you're exactly right. I think it is quite interesting to see that, you know, Yang Zijiang, sorry, I got a tongue in my throat there. <clears> throat> Excuse me. Yang Zijiang shipbuilding and Citrim are in the same sector. But Yang Zijiang, its share price is up about 8% since 
since the beginning of the year. I mean, well, it focuses more on container ships as opposed to oil rigs, so maybe that's one reason it's doing better. Plus, it's profitable. I mean, Young to Young Shipbuilding's earnings per share have been growing at more than 7% over the past several years. So it's making money, and Seatream is losing money. And, uh, um, you know, simply Wall Street, by the way, they calculated that if you look at dividends and capital gains, if you'd invested in Young to Young Shipbuilding over the past three years, it would have yielded a return of nearly 250%. So not bad at all. You can see why investors are more bullish on that stock. And then what else are people looking at? I mean, what about the REIT sector? Um, I, I heard something about DBS being REIT killers. So is REITs, I mean, how are they performing? Well, of the REITs that have reported profits so far, uh, most of them are cutting in their distributions. So that's not good. As you know, uh, the real estate investment trust sector here in Singapore is really what generates a lot of interest. People come and they want to uh, purchase REITs because uh, they yield good dividends, uh, but we're seeing the REITs are cutting those distributions. Uh, why, you ask? Well, one reason can be the high interest rate environment. So those higher interest rates, they impact the REIT's debt, which means that their interest payments are more, so that could be cutting out on their profits. Uh, also, we've seen some consolidation in different sectors, right? So office REITs, you know, companies are cutting down on their office space. Uh, even here in Singapore, Facebook announced that it was, you know, Facebook's parent company, Meta, announced that they are pulling out of two floors in a high-profile building in town over on Beach Road. Um, so, I mean, that could be hurting the office reach sector. Uh, if you break it down a bit further into the different sectors like um, healthcare and data centers, we are seeing some positive movement. So Parkway Life Reach came out with positive results this year. It has a big focus on aged care in Japan. Uh, and digital core REIT, uh, which focuses on data centers, it seems to be doing okay as well. Okay, so I want to kind of go away maybe just from markets and market constituents. And let's, uh, you know, in Hong Kong, we're a bit jealous of you guys in Singapore. You guys have had Taylor Swift, Coldplay. Well, sorry, you've got Taylor Swift coming up. You've had Coldplay. You've got all these events. And how's that helping? Has that been helping the tourism trade? And has that really seen Singapore lift? Yeah, sure. I mean, so we've heard about medical tourism. People go to Bangkok for that, for example. Concert tourism is really great for Singapore. I mean, I'm sorry for Hong Kong. I mean, like you said, Coldplay skipped Hong Kong. Uh, Taylor Swift is switching, uh, skipping Hong Kong. I heard about the football match, uh, and that didn't seem to go too well over there. Uh, but, you know, we have these big concerts here, and people are flying in from all over the region. Uh, I mean, it's really hard to get tickets for these shows. Uh, I was talking to someone, they had set up like 10 devices in their home to try and get tickets for Taylor Swift, uh, and they actually did end up getting them. Uh, when, when I logged in to try and get some for, for my family, I was like number 1.5 million in the queue, and it was just a couple minutes after the, uh, the launch of the tickets. Uh, so yeah, so concerts, definitely a big deal, people coming in, that's good for the hotel industry, good for restaurants. Uh, I got to say, though, that despite all of that, uh, tourism in Singapore is not quite up to pre-COVID levels. Uh, it's rebounding. Initially, we thought it would hit the same level this year. Uh, but now I think the Singapore Tourism Board is saying it will be 2025. Okay. And then um, Valentine's Day, since it is a topical subject being at Valentine's Day today, what, how does Singapore cele- uh, Singaporean celebrate? Are they going to be going out and you know, hitting the restaurants. I mean, you heard earlier in Hong Kong, a lot of people are still away, so that restaurants are a little bit sceptical over here. But what about in Singapore? How are they, how are they looking at it? 
Michael? Um, <laughs> going out. Sorry, we lost you for a sec. Me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, we lost you for a sec. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying, I mean, people are definitely going out here for Valentine's Day. Uh, restaurants seem to be doing really well. You, you go into them, they're crowded. Sometimes it's hard to get a booking. Only thing is that inflation is really taking hold. You know, going out for a good meal for two, the price is definitely higher than it was even just a year or two ago. Uh, so I think some families will be eating at home. Some couples will be eating at home or finding other ways to celebrate Valentine's Day. Um, I'll tell you what, let me just get back to the markets and share a bit of market love with you. Sure. Uh, and this is with DBS. Uh, investors are currently really hot on it for a moment uh, because its dividends have just jumped. Plus, uh, I don't know if you heard last week, DBS announced that it's giving out a bonus share, one free share for every 10 shares that you own. Uh, and we talked about REITs a little bit ago. Well, one of the uh, research houses here is call, calling DBS a REIT killer, at least in the near term because it's offering a 7.3% yield, which is pretty hard to match. So there, that's a, a bit of Valentine's Day market love for you. Fair enough. I mean, I can understand why. They do like to charge us for a lot when we're using DBS. Um, unfortunately, that's all we have uh, time for. So I'd like to thank you very much for coming in. Um, that was Michael Switzer, Singapore-based author and financial commentator. Thank you, Michael.